Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of A Word from the Lord. Here is Dr. Beach with today's message, Personal Pentecost. Acts 2.38 says this. Acts 2.38. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, for those who are near and for those who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. What is your life characterized by? Would you say it's characterized by the presence of God or by an emptiness? By peace or by anxiety? By love or self-centeredness? By self-control or by lack of discipline? By the power of God or by spiritual impotence? Maybe today you need a personal Pentecost. Maybe today you need the Holy Spirit anew and afresh in your life. This is the day of Pentecost, the day in which we remember and rejoice that God poured out His Holy Spirit on all who come to follow Jesus Christ. If you remember from your Bible history, the first verse in the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then the second verse talks about the Spirit. And we're told that the Spirit was hovering over the water. And then we find that the Holy Spirit throughout the Hebrew Scriptures of the Old Testament would come on certain individuals for specific purposes by which God intended. And then the Holy Spirit would leave. And this happened all throughout even the first part of the New Testament until the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all who believe, beginning with those first 11 disciples who were hovering there in that upper room, scared, not sure what was going to go on. And God empowered those 11, and they went from there and touched the whole world. Pentecost changed things. Now the Holy Spirit is given as a gift to all who follow Jesus Christ, to all who believe in Him, to all who come to Him in faith. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 7, verse 38, Whoever believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within Him. By this He meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Pentecost changed things. This morning I'd like to share a few characteristics of this Holy Spirit. The first is that the Holy Spirit is the divine indweller. He's the divine indweller. Second Peter 1, verse 3 and 4, the Apostle Peter writes, he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us, by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world which is caused by evil desires. 
that you may participate in the divine nature. He is the indweller. He comes and indwells us. The third person of the Trinity, God himself, literally comes and takes up residence in our being. Jesus said it this way in John 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He literally takes up residence in our very being. God himself in us. And if you think about it for a minute, part of why he does that is that when the Holy Spirit indwells us, then we are enabled to be Jesus to the world in which we live in. We're called to walk like him and with him and as him, as his presence in the world in which we live. And we only can do that through the Holy Spirit. So first, the Holy Spirit is the divine indweller. Secondly, the Holy Spirit produces the divine character. The Holy Spirit produces the divine character. As the divine indweller lives in us, he then produces divine character. R.A. Torrey said this, The Holy Spirit's work in the believer is to take what belongs to God and make it ours. The Holy Spirit has many ministries. But one of the most important yet often neglected is that the Holy Spirit will manifest in us the graces of of Jesus Christ. And this is not something which happens naturally in a person or that we can do on our own by working it up hard or doing it in the flesh. It's the natural outcome or fruit of his presence in our lives. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, many of you can quote this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you have your Bible, circle those. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is part of the grace of Jesus Christ that's supposed to be manifested in our being, in our lives. In Romans 14, 17, we find this. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible, circle those words. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That's part of the grace of Jesus Christ that's to be manifested in our lives, his fruit. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy, peace, hope. And then Romans 5, 5. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given. You see, as the divine indweller indwells us, then he is going to produce the divine character in us and through us. Now, we've all met someone like this. They say, I'm filled with the Spirit. 
and their tight lip is so tight and they are so angry and they are so mean and you think, what in the world? What kind of spirit are you really filled with, right? (laughs) We all have our personal issues. And by the way, I'm not going to beat up on counselors here for a minute, so, but I, I want to save some of you a lot of money. All of you come from families that are imperfect. There's not a, a mother or father on the planet who's done it completely right. And as you begin to walk with the Lord, one of the things he is going to do is raise up those issues that are driving us crazy, the pain, the whatever it is, and bring it to the forefront so he can touch it and transform it. And if we refuse to let him have those things, then what ends up happening is it produces bitterness and yuckiness. It's like a cancer of the soul in our life. And you can't be full of love and joy and peace and all those incredible attributes of the Spirit. It's part of the process of growing in the Lord. When I was a kid, I was thrust into a situation where as an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old boy, I basically became the daddy of my two younger sisters. And I was deprived of my childhood. Now, I could have been bitter, and I was for a while. I was angry. But God dealt with me on that, and he brought me to a point where I had to let that go and allow his presence to live in me. And he's transformed it. And he used what he put in me at that point, the good, to what am I doing now? I have a larger flock that I'm a caretaker of. He used those gifts that he trained me at that early age so that I could be a pastor. Now, if I hadn't yielded all of that to him, I'd be an angry man, right? No telling what my life would be like. Part of the ministry of the divine dweller who lives within us is to manifest within us his character, the grace of Jesus Christ, what we call the fruit of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is in our lives, his fruit will be born. The fruit is the work he does in us. The gifts of the Spirit, which we tend to put all our focus on, is the work that he will do through us. He gives us spiritual gifts to do work through us. The fruit is what he does in us. And that's what I want you to hear this morning, is some of us need some spiritual surgery. We can have the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we can interfere as well. Some of us have had incredible experiences with the Lord. Just looking around the congregation, I know some of your stories. You have walked with God, and God has done some incredible things in your life. But we can do some some things or exhibit some things that interfere with the Holy Spirit working in our life. The first thing we can do is grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 4, verse 29. He begins, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I guess we ought to stop there. (laughs) Some of us need to glue this to our eyelids. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Okay, I've heard enough today. That'll do it, won't it? 
But here's the next verse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, when you and I play with sin, or we practice sin in our lives, the Holy Spirit is grieved. There's no joy. When we treat others wrongly and we refuse to forgive, the Holy Spirit is grieved and there is no love. Some of you wonder why God seems far away. Why sometimes you just can't understand, the, where, where is He? Well, perhaps you're grieving the Holy Spirit by the sin in your life. Another way we can hinder the Holy Spirit in our lives is by quenching the Holy Spirit. Quenching the Holy Spirit. Picture a flame and water being poured on the flame. Quenching the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Now, most of us here would probably say that Jesus is our Savior. And most of us, too, would probably say that Jesus is my Lord, my master, my boss, that he's in charge, that he's Lord, that that he is in charge. But then something happens, and we don't like it, or we don't understand it. It may be to teach us something. It may be so that God can love us, or it may be to deepen us, or we really don't know because it's so bad and it's so hard on us. Is Jesus Lord? Is he still the boss? Lord, I surrender to you. You're my master. You're my Lord. But I don't want your will. Uh Uh-uh. Lord, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. When we refuse to look at our circumstances through the lens of the will of God for us, then we won't praise God, we won't give thanks, and the result of this is we quench the Holy Spirit. We put out His fire. When that happens, we become angry, resentful, bitter, and worst of all, completely self-centered in our perspective the Spirit's quenched, and His fruit can't then be manifest. Now, I don't understand all the circumstances that you face and that I face, and how much of those circumstances, you know, you reap what you sow, and how much of it's, you know, because I've been sowing this, and and I'm reaping it. And my purpose here isn't to do a definition on the will of God, but what I want to say is when you and I refuse to submit and honor God for what's going on in my life, good and bad, we quench the Holy Spirit. And then we miss out on why it may be going on in the first place. Some of us need to learn to live in the power of Pentecost. We need to learn to live in His presence, acknowledging His sovereignty over our lives regardless of what is going on. So let's talk about living in the power of Pentecost. 
Some of you've grieved the Spirit. Some of you've quenched the Holy Spirit. We've all been there and done that in our lives. But I don't know about you, but I I need a personal Pentecost often. Someone said that we're leaky pots or crack pots. (laughs) You know, we're these vessels that the Holy Spirit fills up, but then we leak. And the circumstances of life can tend to do that to us. And we're in need of a fresh outpouring, a fresh anointing, a fresh release of the Holy Spirit and His power in our lives. So how do you have that? Well, first, there's an assumption here. that The the, the assumption is, first, you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've acknowledged your sinfulness. You've asked Him into your life that that you've begun that walk. And then I found these two questions helpful. Not, do I have the Holy Spirit, which is how we tend to focus, but rather, does the Holy Spirit have me? Does the Holy Spirit have me. The baptism of the Holy Spirit comes by yielding to God, yielding my will and my all to Him. Does the Holy Spirit have me? Another term we call this is allowing Jesus to be the Lord. My Lord, not just the Lord of the universe, but my Lord. Secondly is regular and daily confession of my sin. None of us is perfect. We all mess up. That's why we have a confession in our service, in our liturgy, is because we know that we all mess up and we have a need to confess our sin. When was the last time you took a personal inventory? You just got before God and said, show me my sin, Lord. If you'll do that, he'll reveal it to you. It's amazing. (laughs) It really is. When he reveals our sin, we need to confess it. And then repent of it. One thing I try to do every night before I put my head on my pillow. Lord, where have I sinned today? What have I done today? And whatever comes to my mind, I confess it. The third thing is regular repentance. Regular repentance. Allowing the will of God to be manifest in your life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Allowing his, his will to be manifest. Yes, Lord, I need to change this thought, so I will. Yes, Lord, I will do this. Yes, Lord, I won't do that. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Regular repentance. You see, our walk with the Lord is not just, well, I've got it now, and that's it. It's a day-by-day journey. Just as every relationship in your life is, with him it's the same way, day by day by day. And I have to have regular repentance. He will constantly show me things in my life that he wants me to do or not do. When we hear that, we tend to think of sin. But it may be that he wants you to talk to this person over here. Or it may be that he wants you to give somebody a ride. Or it may be that someone drops something in the grocery store and, and, and he wants you to help pick it up. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Some of us have the pilot light lit. The Holy Spirit's there because we've asked Jesus into our life. But the furnace isn't engaged. It's not on. It, the pilot light's lit, yes. But the fire of God isn't there. There. 
because we're grieving the Holy Spirit or we've quenched it. We're not willing to repent. We're not willing to come to Him in confession and say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. This morning, I would like to invite you in your own way to submit yourself to the Lord, to ask Him to fill you anew and afresh with His Holy Spirit, to show you your sin, what you need to repent of, or in ways that you might be grieving or quenching the Holy Spirit, and then to say, Yes, Lord, I'm yours. Use me, touch me, fill me, like the hymn we just sang. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. We are here to serve you. Fill us anew and afresh with your spirit. Amen. Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to thank you for listening to a word from the Lord. I'm so grateful that we have this privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. If you're listening today and the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Lord is is drawing you to Him. I want to invite you to open yourself to Him, to open your heart, to invite Him to come and and live in your life. It's really a simple prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are the Lord. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I've messed up. And I ask your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I want you to come and live in my life. So I invite you. I open myself to you. Come and indwell me in your presence. It's not a difficult prayer, but it has to be a sincere prayer. It has to be something that you intend to do and follow up on. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody as well today who is a believer. And you're not where God wants you to be. Are you straight off the path? Are you living in disobedience or in sin right now and you know it's wrong? Or he's asked you to do something and and you refuse to do it. Why not today say, yes, Lord? Why not today do what he wants you to do or stop doing what he doesn't want you to do and get your life right to him? Life's too short. It goes by so quick. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day the Lord wants to speak to you, to bless you, to guide you, to strengthen you. And this is my prayer for you this day. And the whole reason we at A Word from the Lord broadcast this radio program is that God might speak into your life that you might be the person he's called you to be. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's sermon and previously aired messages where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. A Word from the Lord also has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can also find us on Facebook, and be sure to click the like button to follow our feed. Also, you can visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. On the blog, you can read the many articles posted by Dr. Beach. Many of these blog entries are excerpts and full articles published in local publications. Again, his blog address is bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. And for those of you who love Twitter and to tweet, you can follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. That's twitter.com at Foley Beach. 
If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord. Again, his email address is foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. For those of you who don't use Facebook, Twitter, or email, you can still contact him by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Again, our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for the opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us here again for the next broadcast. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.